We welcome you to our live broadcast this Sunday, November 7, 2021. We apologize for being late. For those of you who have been waiting. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your blessings of the week, your protective shield over all your children, wherever they are, everywhere in the world. Father, we welcome you. Son, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Lead the proceedings. Speak through us to your people. And turn hearts that we are going astray to your side. Open their eyes to see you and to see what you have already prepared for your children who are obedient to your commands. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Instrumental is taken again from our brother Caleb Brassi. We continue to pray for him and his family. Walking with God series. The series outline. First Sunday we started with walking with God. Then Noah walked with God. It was last Sunday. Today Joseph walked with God. Next Sunday Jeremiah walked with God. Five, most in the early church walked with God. Six, few walked with God when a major romp went apostate in the fourth century. Seven, few walked with God in the slavery era. Eight, few are walking with God in the 21st century discombobulated world. Let me make a comment here, my brothers and sisters. It is important. You see, we could have put captions that would draw attention. No, we are putting it the way it is so that you and I can go back to our Bible and read for ourselves that these things are so. We only draw some inferences to our application to the 21st century to see that God has not changed and will not change for us, for an individual, for a community, for a nation, or for a country, or for the world. God is not subject to the laws of this world. He created the world and put the laws of motion circulation, everything. He's not part of this world. And so, we can't redefine God. All we have to do is obey God. And He will open our eyes as we walk with Him. And these teachings will become so understandable. If you can, but commit yourself to studying the Scriptures. Praise the Lord. Amen. Today's topic, Joseph walked with God. The outline. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Number two, he was in prison for doing good. Three, a nation is saved because Joseph walked with God. Just like Noah saved or Noah saved the world after the world of Adam was destroyed. Number four, God has a plan for you. Will it be to save your generation, your family, your friends, your nation? Even the world. To preach in that end time. To draw many to him. He has a plan for you. Don't seek my plan. I don't seek your plan. And don't seek Joseph's plan. Or Abraham's plan. Or Noah's plan. No. Seek the plan that God has for you. And that plan you can only find through obedience to his word. Praise the Lord. He was hated by his brothers. Joseph. First scripture please. 
I read from Genesis chapter 37 verses 1 to 10. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Praise the Lord. Joseph was the son of Rachel, Jacob's love life. I ask all of you to please read the account from Genesis, maybe from 35 going on to Genesis 40. Some have said, oh, Joseph shouldn't have said, told people what dream he had. Please, let's hold it there. God, who knows the future, was preparing Joseph for his mission. His mission is going to be to rescue both his brothers who hated him, his father, and the other stepmothers, because his mother was dead. And he himself didn't even know what his mission was, but God was giving him a vision. Just as I know those who are obedient to his command, God has given you a vision or visions. It may not be actualized today or tomorrow. Just follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Don't follow anybody else's guidance. Don't go to ask one prophet this or pastor this. What does this dream mean? Just hang in there with the Lord. He will bring everything he has revealed to you to come to pass by and by. Praise the Lord. Okay. Next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 37, verses 19 and 20. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Praise the Lord. Okay, so he has, they have hated him now, right? Now that in the bush, his father says, go and find out what is happening to your brothers. They see him coming and they say, well, now is our opportunity to do what? Kill him. Okay, let me make a point here. No one, can some of you who are children of God continue dancing when you see one silly dream or the other. You start being afraid. No one spirit of woman can stop God's plan for a child of God. If you are walking with God, nothing can by any means hurt or touch you except those the Lord will allow to prove you to show your faithfulness. That's why the reason Satan and his demons try to get believers to sin 
because only you, child of God, can stop God's plan for you when you disobey God by sinning or by running with the world. Next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 37, verses 23 to 28. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the system and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Praise the Lord. Verse 24. And they took him and threw him into the pit. And while they were in the, he was in the pit, they were busy enjoying themselves, eating, planning to kill their brother. Just look at that scene. They are eating. Their brother who was sent to go and look after their welfare is in the pits and they are planning to kill him. And his stomach must have been nothing with fear. Churning with fear. Reuben was the only exception who had planned to rescue him. God was watching this wicked sin in the same manner. He watches when wicked acts are committed by those who hate his children. So whatever your situation is today, being persecuted, hounded, or hated, God knows and is watching. Just hanging there because he will bring to come to pass every plan he has for you, just be obedient. Praise the Lord. Amen. God often allows his children's enemies to have their way. Sometimes he allows them because he wants to prove you. And he wants to use your evil hatred and therefore plans to lift you up. Next item. Joseph is in prison for doing good. Now they have sold him to the Ishmaelites and taken him to Egypt. Scripture please. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 to 10. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house, Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. 
My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Praise the Lord. Joseph is in Egypt and God is still watching out for him. And he finds favor, even though he's a slave in Potiphar's house. And God is blessing Potiphar because of Joseph. But now the enemy says, no, I'm, I have to derail this plan. So the wife of Potiphar begins to lust after Joseph. And we know what happened next. When Joseph refused the last advance he made, and left his claw because he had, she had grabbed it, she laid a false accusation against him. And Potiphar, of course, the jealous husband, didn't believe his wife, and put Joseph in prison. Joseph is being in prison for doing good. Oftentimes we are persecuted and hounded for what we didn't do. And we continue to complain. But Joseph took his punishment. That is no punishment because he's been punished for doing good. Was God there? Yes, he was watching him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 39, verses 22 to 3. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him, showed him kindness, and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. Verse 23. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Praise the Lord. So even in prison, God touches the heart of the warden. And the warden begins to favor Joseph. God is always with his obedient children. Whether you are passing through the shadows of death, whether you are passing whatever situation, God is with you. Did Joseph complain? No. He knew that God was with him because he was working with God. And he knew that he would be exonerated in due time. After all, he has seen the vision where things are going to change for him. Joseph's attitude in prison is worthy of emulation for you and I. That should be your and my attitude when Satan and his human agents plot evil against us. And or when we are facing insurmountable difficulties. They are insurmountable in our eyes. But in the eyes of God, they are not insurmountable. Praise the Lord. Please know the verses. The Lord was with him in prison. God showed Joseph kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And there were other people there, as you know, if you read the account. The wine bearer and the baker. And Joseph interprets their dream because God gives him the wisdom to interpret those dreams. And through that, he is brought to the attention of Pharaoh when Pharaoh had a dream. Next item. A nation is saved because Joseph walked with God. God now begins to execute his plan because Joseph is faithful. Praise the Lord. Read the next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 41, verses 38 to 44. 
So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Praise the Lord. Joseph is a second in command in the whole known world. From prison to the palace. Whatever he says is law. Because God gave him the words to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And because of that, Pharaoh lifted him up. Child of God, no matter your circumstance. So long as God is with you, nothing can stop God's plan for you. That's what I want you to take away for now. And as we are talking. That scripture, please. Genesis chapter 48, verses 15 and 16. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. Praise the Lord. I'm bringing this scripture in here, even though it's, it's a later event. At the time, Jacob was going to die and was blessing Joseph. I'm bringing this prayer because Jacob himself is testifying that his grandfather, Abraham, his father, Isaac, walked faithfully with God. That's all I want you to take away from here. Jacob is testifying that his grandfather, Abraham, which we already know from the scriptures, walked faithfully with God, and Isaac walked faithfully with God. And of course, he, Jacob, walked faithfully with God. Next scripture, please. Genesis chapter 45, verses 5 to 8. And now, do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Praise the Lord. You see what we are saying? Here, for two years now, verse 6, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you. Even though you people planned evil, God has turned the evil upside down. It's called a reverse hold if you are into boxing. I don't like it. The, the so-called boxing, not the other type. Anyway, don't worry. It's a reverse hole. God changes everything. And in the moment, Joseph is what? Vice Pharaoh of Egypt. And with that, when his brothers came, eventually, as if you read accounts, and I want you to continue to read account on your own, you saw how he revealed himself to, Egypt, to his brothers. Those who sold him. And now they're being distressed. is the one consoling them. Don't worry. It's God who did this for me for you. He did it so that our entire household 
and therefore the nation of Israel will be saved. Praise the Lord. No acrimony. Next scripture, please. Exodus chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Praise the Lord. So look at the number, 70 in all. Next scripture, please. Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 to 42. Now the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, the very day, all the Lord's divisions left Egypt. Because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt, on this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. Praise the Lord. I've jumped Exodus. I want to bring a point here. The length of time the Israelites lived in Egypt, 70 of them, but then multiplying into a great, became, becoming a nation in Egypt, even though they were under bondage. They have been enslaved now by a pharaoh that did not know Joseph. For 430 years, that is when the divisions were what? Living. Why do I bring this point? Because we are going to see the next point where God already told Abraham something. Number four, God has a plan. So keep that scripture in mind. God has a plan for you. Scripture, please. Genesis chapter 15, verses 12 to 16. As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Praise the Lord. Abraham is in Canaan, <coughs> the land that God had promised him. But he's now telling him that his descendants will be slaves in another country. And they'll be there for 400 plus years. And exactly 430 years after, that promise by the Lord came to fulfillment. I'm bringing this to you to understand something. There are so many theologians, well, I shouldn't say so many, but they're foolish, who do not believe that God knows everything that means the future. They try to rationalize it in one silliness or the other. In case you come in the commentary to think that, God didn't order that you and I will sin against him. But God also knows what you are going to do because he's God. God knows everything. He knows the thoughts and intents of my heart. That's why you have to be very careful if you are a child of God. God knows everything. You can't hide yourself from God. Before you even plan it, he knew what you are going to do. So from the foundation of the world, God already knew. That's why he told Abraham what will take place many, many years after Abraham's death. God knew there would be a Joseph, oh yes, he knew, who would be obedient and walk faithfully. God knew. And God knew that he would use him to save Abraham's descendants from famine that would ravage the world at that time. God knows everything. 
Better turn your back on the world and cleave to him. There's no other takeaway today. That's what I want to take away. Joseph's visions in Genesis chapter 37 signify that Joseph was God's chosen. Joseph's travels were trials God allowed to test and to prove his faithfulness. What trials are you passing through? What tests are you going through? Better hang in there. Always run onto the altar and finish off your faith. Because if you derail, you are done. Joseph becoming prime minister was God's plan. Remember, Joseph never asked to become rich and powerful. <laughs> this is where I'm heading finally. Joseph never asked to become rich and powerful. Joseph was working with God and whatever God wanted, whether in prison, whether in the pit, in the, this, it doesn't matter. Whether as prime minister of Egypt, it didn't matter. God elevated Joseph in Egypt. Not because he wanted Joseph to be rich. Please pay attention. God elevated him because he wanted Joseph to be in a position of authority and power in Egypt. So that Joseph would be able to save his family from the famine that would ravage the world. In the Old Testament, which is the history of creation and God's faithfulness to a nation called Israel, God often raised warriors, kings, queens, and even a cup bearer to actualize his plans for his chosen nation, Israel. He will even often intervene in physical battles. Yes, sometimes angels came and caused confusion in the enemy's camp. He sometimes afflicted and brought plagues on Israel's enemies. That was then. Now is now. In the new dispensation, children of God are bidding to turn the other cheek. They are to follow in the steps of their Lord Jesus Christ. Who hanging on the cross could have just walked down. But he had to. And all the apostles, minus one, the betrayer, suffered matter of minus John. All in obedience. They could have said, God, no, no, this is, please send your power to rescue me. But they were working with God and they knew that their blood needed to be shed as a testimony that they really saw the risen Christ. Believers are not to employ the arm of the flesh to battle their enemies. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling out strongholds, whether they're physical or spiritual. And I'm saying, whoever is attacking you, physical or spiritual, on your knees, you bring to come to pass because you have the authority of the believer. God is with you. There's no need now to fight them using arm of the flesh or to enter into alliances with the world so that you can overcome difficulties. Because when you do that, the Spirit of God lives. Apostate Christianity. And that is all the denominations. Buildings called churches. Church organizations. Who are dancing with the world. Anyone. Any church group that is in cahoots with the politicians. With the economic powers of your time. Is apostate. That's this. You cannot reinvent the engagement to the world. A world you are left behind. When you went to the cross, you turned your back to the world. 
You are now facing the cross and your Savior. When you go to re-engage the world, whether as an individual or as a church group, you have become apostate. You are backslid. But what do our so-called preachers tell us? They will often cite such biblical figures like Joseph, Nehemiah, Esther, as evidence that believers should be engaged in politics, culture, and governance of the world. People kill in the name of the Lord. People massacre innocent people because they're looking for a nation. They want to create a country. God will never hear your prayers because you're murderers. Wherever you're hearing me, you know yourselves. Anywhere in the world, you are murdering people, innocent people, trying to actualize a silliness will never happen. If you want God to rescue you, and I'm speaking to you, you know who you are, those of you. Then, call your people, your tribe, to fall on their knees and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When you do that, God will deliver you from the arms of Islamists. If not, you will continue to be subject to them. And you will die in your sins because you have refused. You have been told many times, repent and turn to the Lord. But he said, you worship mammon. God, the God that you serve is money. Everything you do is about money. Everything you do is about money. How wicked. And you are killing innocent citizens. You know who you are in that place in Africa. I don't want to go for that because this ministry is to the world and not any other individual. God's command to his followers is not to have any concord with the world. You commit evil in the name of the Lord. God will never honor you. 21st century false general overseers and pastors of apostate, evangelical, and Pentecostal groups have even gone further in their embrace of the world. They teach that believers can inherit both the world and eternal life. <laughs> can you beat that? No, you can't. They teach that those who become rich in this world are those who are faithful in giving large offerings and paying tithes. False. For them, faithfulness is in the payment of tithes and being a financial pillar of their buildings, which they call churches. Faithfulness is measured in the amount of money given to these pastors and Jews. They tell you after Joseph was rich in Egypt. Abraham was rich. Everybody, Solomon was rich. These false pastors, they are false, with no visible means of income, who use their evidence with their words. That is, I'm rich. You see, God has blessed me. From poverty, I became rich. They are liars. What they are not telling their gullible followers is this. That they became rich by collecting their offerings and tithes, by stealing from their followers. If you're a child of God, you're a part of the body of Christ. You hear my voice and you're a follower of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. Therefore, you cannot be acting independent of the head of the body of Christ, Jesus Christ. You cannot. I cannot. It is a rebellion to act differently. If you obey your pastor or your Jew or your church organization, contrary to the scriptures, you have fallen from the faith. Christ did not die so that his followers will be rich in this world. Anybody who teaches that doctrine is wicked and is a servant of the devil. Christ died so that those who believe and live in accordance with his commands will inherit 
eternal life. That's the whole point. Not to make you and I rich in this world. Praise the Lord. For those followers of Christ who were rich before coming to Christ, because there are so many, not everybody, many people are rich before they come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not to use their word for their own selfishness. They must wait for the Lord to direct them on how to use their riches to glorify His name. First group. Second group, they are followers of Christ who have great educational skills. So they have, they earn high income. They must be careless what they have. Going to those people that steal from them, paying them 10% every month. Is the lost money is not your money. 100% of what you are and own belongs to God. Please, I'm speaking to this second group. You have great education. You have skills. You bring high income. Don't give it to people that are robbing God. Rather, wait on the Lord. Seek His face. Only He will direct you on how to use your knowledge and skills and income to glorify His name. Until you hear from Him, don't worry. A time is coming. He's saving you for that period. When you say, my son or my daughter, this is the time. Remember Joseph, he gave him a vision. What? At 17. Look at when he actualized it. He could have been in prison for up to 10 years because at the time we are talking, it was 30 years when he revealed himself to his brothers. For followers of Christ who don't have educational skills, and you are now the top group I'm speaking to, you have no education, you have no skills, but you have come to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Use your hands to walk. Find something to do. Whether media job, washing cars, sweeping the street, do something with your hands. Stop asking God to make you rich. He will not make you rich. Stop begging. God will not call you to be a beggar. If you have problem doing media jobs, then you have not truly really repented. And while you are doing that media job, learn a trade. Get some skill. There are so many things that you can do to enable you to put food on the table for yourself and if you are married for your family. Stop being beggars. That's how they dupe you because you want to be rich, but you don't want to work for it. Now to unemployed believers, those who really have, who are university graduates, they have a great education. Don't make a mistake of those who went before you. They didn't find a job, so what did they do? They start churches, so they can be collecting tithes and offerings. They fell from the faith, but they are pastors, they are Jews. Don't make that mistake. Learn a trade. Yes, you're a graduate, I know. You may even have a PhD. But there's no job. Learn a trade. You can be a mechanic, repairing cars. What's wrong with that? You're a child of God. You can be an electrician. What's wrong with that? You can be a painter. What's wrong with that? You can be a plumber. What is wrong with that? If you can't do IT, which is they, they intend now. Learn a trade. Don't start a church. For all followers of Christ, and this is for all of us, every group, rich, poor, middle, no income. If you want to inherit eternal life, if I want to inherit eternal life, walk with God. That is the only thing I, I want to take away today is what? Walk with God. He alone knows you and your circumstances. He alone has a plan for you. 
that you may not even know. In fact, you don't know. I don't know. As you walk faithfully with him like Joseph did, he will open your eyes so they can see where and how you fit in the body of Christ. He will direct your every move. Every move you make each moment, he will direct it because you are working with him. Whether you are in dire stress, that means you are in great difficulty. Or whether you are very comfortable, he will direct your steps. Because the steps of the righteous are done by the Lord, so says his word. In your walk with God, if you are faithful, he will open doors and close others. He will open the ones that will enhance your walk with him. And which will make you to become even more fruitful. And fruitfulness means what? Bringing souls into the kingdom. But he will close those that could lead you astray. So don't pray for that which can destroy you. Please be reminded that Solomon, the richest man in the Bible, never asked God for riches. He asked God for wisdom to help him rule Israel. God alone decided to make him rich. Go through your Bible. None of the biblical figures spread for wealth. Yeah, that's a sermon you hear every day at churches. Joseph didn't ask God to make him prime minister. He didn't ask God to enrich him. And God didn't make him prime minister and God to Pharaoh to please Joseph. But to use Joseph to save the nation of Israel. In like manner, God didn't save you and I so that we can become rich in this world. He saved us and commanded us to go about his mission, which is to preach the gospel of Christ and win many for the kingdom of God. He expects us, you and I, to seek his counsel at all times as we go about his mission. Not five minutes, every moment. Only those who understand and obey are the ones who are truly working with God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to sing a song because only one person paid the price. Jesus paid it all, not your pastor or Jew or anybody else. Your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter. Only Jesus paid the price. He paid it all. And to him alone you owe your obedience. And to no other. And that involves studying the scriptures. See, there's no shortcut to serving God. You have to spend time with him within your Bible. You have to meditate on his word. You have to pray alone with him and be empowered for ministry. There is no shortcut. Don't go to hell. He pray for me. This no, it doesn't work. Be on your knees. God will anoint you in your closet. Praise the Lord. Jesus paid it all. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength is indeed small. It's small. Child of weakness. Watch and pray. Find in me thy all in all. When you have Jesus, you have strength. When you're all, you and I don't have any strength. Why? Jesus paid it all on the cross. All to him I owe. Everything I am. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it as white as snow.
always pray and thank God. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone to walk this walk. Can change the leper's spots. Only when I walk in him can the leper's spots be changed. And melt the heart of stone. The heart of Pharaoh was melted. Just imagine that. And Joseph became prime minister. Jesus paid it all. He paid everything for you and I for our sins. He washed it as white as snow and made us become the righteousness of God in Christ. So we owe him all. There's nothing good that I have and nothing good you have. Nothing. Our righteousness is what life utilized before God. Whereby thy grace to claim, and I claim the grace of God, I should claim it. I wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's lamb. That's the only place your righteousness starts. That's where it begins and that's where it ends. Not your own good works. No, not my good works. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stem, but you washed everything and made it white as snow. And when before the throne that day, O oh Lord, when we stand in him complete, we will all say, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall continue to repeat, Jesus died my soul to save. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, your word is yea and amen, as begin to your people, your children, and those who are going to come into the saving knowledge of Christ through the hearing of this message. Father, bless the homes who hear this message. Just as you enlight the coast in Potiphar's house, in the prison, in Egypt, enlight the coast of your children. But not because they want to become rich in this world, no. So that they will know where their standing is in you. So they know how they fit into the body. Because when they fit into the body and are performing the function you have called them into, the grace sufficient to lead them and guide them unto eternal life. If they walk with you and walk in you, and you be with them and abide with them. And your blessings will continue to guide them. And nothing shall by any means hurt them. Father, I pray that whoever has heard this message today, Lord, will take this to heart and go back to their closest to study your word. Input in their heart, Lord. Let them know that they must be before you so that your relationship with them is between you and them individually, not as a collective. Father, I bless your name for being God, for Lord teaching us, for guiding us, for preserving and protecting us all these years. For all your children, wherever they are in the world, hearing this message, Lord. Whoever comes against them, Lord, bring them to nothing. And those ministers of the gospel who are enemies of the gospel, Lord. Father, I continue to pray for you to continue to pull them down. They should not succeed again to deceive your people. They have caused a lot of harm. I continue to pray, Lord, and I know it's happening. And pray, Lord Jehovah, continue to bring them down. So that your people can be freed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Father in heaven. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. I thank you all for watching, and once again, I apologize for being late. We'll see you next Sunday by God's grace. Please read your Bibles. There is no other way. Read your Bibles and engage with God directly.